1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount
2: using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified
3: customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per
2: line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom Thanks for stopping by. Sports Talk, Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak here gearing you up for... Saturday Sunday playoff action which will be here on WWL and the Odyssey app starting three o'clock tomorrow with coverage of the Kansas City Chiefs and Jacksonville Jaguars game. That'll kick off at three thirty. And Jeff, it's just sad that we're getting closer and closer to the end of it all. Yeah. You know, pretty soon we'll be talking Super Bowl Sunday.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's um football season is just like fun. And then it ends, and it's like, oh, do I watch basketball every night? Do I watch baseball? There's not much to do, but e- either way, it's like
2: Australian Open's been interesting.
4: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Andy Murray exists again. Yes, apparently. exactly. Yeah. I-, I saw that and was like, wait, that is that the same guy? <laughs> I- didn't he like retire like eight years ago? Um, but no, yeah, it's it, like the start of football season is like a holiday, and then the end of football season is like I don't even know what's the opposite of a holiday.
2: Well, I mean, this, obviously the Super Bowl is <laughs> yeah. the Super Bowl is pretty big for everybody. But then I feel like the day after is just emptiness. It's like the day after Mardi Gras. There you go. You know, all the streets are cleaned up and the, the party's over. over yeah, the, just the party's just done. To they can. <laughs>
4: um, yeah, I, I don't know. But either way, I'm, enjo- I'm going to enjoy these matchups tomorrow and Sunday. This is my favorite weekend of the NFL calendar because you have two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. You can watch them all. Uh, as long as you don't have chores, um, which I probably do. I don't know. There's always chores, especially when
2: (laughs) when Saints season ends, somehow the significant others find extra chores for us to do. I always have chores.
4: (laughs) Um, Anyway, moving on. We'll we'll go to the Art Jewish talking text line here. We got a few texts in. We got one from, uh, let's see, 4637 says, I don't know why y'all give Peyton a pass building up salary cap, and then once Breeze leaves, he does. At least the New England coach is not a sellout. I don't know if we ever gave Peyton a pass. What do you want me to do? You want me to go to his house and, like, pick it? Like, like, what (laughs) what exactly am I supposed to do here? Um, I mean, yeah, he he bailed. I mean, I don't think there's anything more you can say. But, like, yeah. I mean, I don't know what I'm supposed to hate the guy. Like, I don't know.
2: No, that's that's another interesting, you know, tidbit, though, too. It's like, do you really, for me, you look at Carolina, is that any kind of a better situation, especially you look at that roster than you had in New Orleans?
4: No, I think it's a legacy thing. Um, you know, with, I think Sean wants a challenge, and he's going to get one if he goes to Carolina, that's for sure. Uh, we have another text saying, what about Sean taking Pete Carmichael away? And I think we did mention this <laughs> briefly, but, you know, it's interesting because technically he can't because you, the Saints could block it. Right. Um, now, if they if they let Pete Carmichael go, then he could hire him. But uh, as things are right now, Sean could take a job, and he couldn't actually hire Pete Carmichael. Well, that could be part
2: of anything. the whole, you know, scenario too. You know, the Saints – Uh, It's been talked about that they are really looking to stick with Pete Carmichael as offensive coordinator, according to reports. I think Mike Triplett had that first of uh, NewOrleansFootball.com. And to me, maybe that's something where the Saints are like, you know what? We know Sean would come after him, so we're just going to hold on to Pete. No one knows that football. But yes, Um,
4: (laughs) (laughs) it is interesting to think about. Yeah, and... And I do think that but I don't think that, that the Saints are keeping an offensive coordinator just despite Sean. I really I don't think that's what's going on. Um, but it, it is having that effect maybe.
2: Coming back with more after the break here on WWL we'll be talking about Kansas City Chiefs and Jacksonville Jaguars coming back on WWL after this. Stephen Jeff.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
5: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
2: Back here on Sports Talk, Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak getting ready to get into talking NFL playoffs with Cody Tapp, host of Cody and Gold on 610 Sports, Kansas City. How's it going, Cody? Not too bad. How are you guys? Doing good. I'm
3: happy it's playoff time, so we can start there for the very (laughs) least, right? Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
4: So, uh, you know, obviously the Chiefs are in a situation that the Chiefs always seem to be in, which is a favorite in a playoff matchup. But this is a team that was really rebuilt last year, and in, in terms of a lot of the pieces that you would typically associate with this Chiefs team, how how has that gone? Like, is this the same kind of dominant Chiefs group that we have been accustomed to seeing over the last few years?
3: No, it, it's. I mean, it's not the same group. So, I, I'll be honest. I mean, going into the season, I was willing to give them like a little bit of a right a playoff pass, not getting into the playoffs, but the pass of hey, I don't expect you to necessarily win a Super Bowl. Maybe this is a half step back. To take three steps forward, especially once they trade Tyree Kill, but right. they're fourteen and three. They were the number one seed. They're super young on defense. One of the youngest defenses, the youngest defense in the playoffs, one of the youngest in the NFL. So I don't know how that's going to hold up to the postseason. But they let you know they let go or traded Tyree Kill and did not skip a beat. So I don't think it's fair to be like, oh, you know, we'll let the offense take a break. No, they're the number one offense in the NFL and they have been all year. So. To begin the year, I maybe didn't think of them the same, but now they look different, but I expect them to do the same things, win the Super Bowl.
2: When you look at what Patrick Mahomes has done, every year he seems to, uh, you know, amaze everyone, and it seems to set the standard of what quarterbacking is now in the NFL. Just how have you seen uh, his growth, even with this offense, uh, not having a guy even like Tyreek Hill, him, him just making the weapons around him even that much better.
6: So
3: teams had made the decision last year to do the two high safety things, the whole conversation here in the city. They're going to take away the deep ball, and he'll get impatient, and it was true. I mean, the Cincinnati practically mocked the Chiefs after their loss last year in the AFC Championship game, like, oh, we knew he'd get bored. That's the biggest improvement he's made. He is number one in the NFL in efficiency against uh, blitzers of four or less. He's number one in the NFL in efficiency against 2 high safety. So, to me, the biggest difference he's made is they took away the deep ball. They took away the 70-yard, 80-yard touchdown shot, and it hasn't mattered. They are the number one NFL offense at getting 20-plus-yard plays. They get plays It just looks different, if that makes sense. Everything is yak yardage. Every pass starts at 12 yards and goes 25. But his ability to adjust to the short game has been the biggest thing I've seen him adjust to in years.
4: Yeah, I think that's what has always stood out to me about, especially the Patrick Mahomes Chiefs of the last few years, is you do have a guy who can bomb it downfield at any point. Um, but you also have an offense that loves to to run all these unique sets and like shovel passes. and Yeah. Um, and that's why, you know, as as someone who grew up watching the Giants and someone who was very excited when they drafted Kadarius Toney in the first round, uh, I thought it was like, man, the rich get richer with that trade because he just seems like the perfect piece to put on that offense that likes to do all these kind of finicky things. He's the closest thing I've seen mm-hmm. to Alvin Kamara coming into the NFL, and he's not even a running back um in a long time and so you know how has he been I know he was injured early on and he's I think he just kind of had a permanent injury when he was on the Giants but uh how how has he been since he got there because I feel like he's a piece that you like with all these weapons you have to account for on the Chiefs he's just impossible no
3: one in yeah I I know no one in New Orleans would know but I'll admit something anyway to your audience okay I hated the trade (laughs) oh god I was like no come on him they don't even want him on the Giants, uh, and then he showed up, and I'm like, okay,
6: nah,
3: <laughs> that's it. why yeah. you're that's <laughs> why you're NFL GMs, and I'm not. Uh, I you quickly realized he is their most athletic player. Brett Feech is known to have said, has it reiterated that he thinks there's a chance he could be their best wide receiver? What he brings them this year is what they missed because Michael Hardman was out. Mm. Athleticism, speed. That, that's the rich get richer part because they do everything else well. Travis Kelsey handles the middle. Juju Smith-Schuster handles the possession stuff. If they just want straight line, deep speed, they get MDS. Tony fills in the gap. I, I wasn't expecting this year. I thought they were making that trade, hoping it might fill a gap next year when wide receivers were too expensive. But he matters. I know he's been hurt, but he matters. He makes them much more dangerous because it's not something you can account for because he's a better athlete than pretty much every other wide receiver they have on the roster.
2: Obviously, everybody betting big on the Chiefs this weekend, are the uh, the heaviest favorite of all the weekend games right now. Where's an area, do you think, though, that this Jacksonville Jaguars team could maybe uh, come up on and surprise the Chiefs uh, in the game tomorrow?
3: So they surprised them the last time with pulling. You know, they played them in the regular season, and they pulled some stunts on special teams and stuff like that, but if they're going to get Kansas City, it's going to have to be in the running game. Travis Etienne did not get anything going against Kansas City the last time. He's obviously been one of the better backs in the NFL this year, but like for most areas, to me, Jacksonville seems like Chiefs light. Hmm. They aren't as good in the passing game. They aren't as good in the pass rush game. You know, Even Doug Peterson feels like the guy who came off of Andy Reach Tree. Right. Like If they're going to get Kansas City, they're going to lose. One, is gonna have to go off, and I think that they're gonna have to get him in the turnover department. They had Kansas City three nothing in turnovers in the last game and still lost by ten. And they're down by seventeen with seven you know, with seven minutes to play before Patrick Mahomes decided to throw a pass. I don't think he throws in a close game. It was a it was a YOLO interception, right? Whatever. Don't care. So it's they had the decided advantage even after three turnovers and a lost onside kick. So they're gonna need more turnovers. Travis Etienne's going to have to go off. Those are the things Jacksonville needs if they're going to take advantage of Kansas City.
4: Um, you know, so somebody I think Saints fans are in New Orleans uh, has always has a little bit of interest in is Eric Bieniemy. You know, yeah, he's a guy who gets interviews every year, but he can never seem to get over the hump and get a job. Um, what 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 do you think is holding him back from from getting mm-hmm. those jobs? Uh, because it just feels like. Yeah, you know, he kind of reminds me of the Pete Carmichael effect with Sean Payton where he's behind Andy Reid and he's not getting maybe his due for running that offense because Andy Reid is kind of the offensive wizard that everyone knows about. What do you think is holding you him know,
3: back? You know, I, look, I, I know that people don't like hearing it or whatever, but I think the early stuff was race. I really do. Matt Nagy and Doug Peterson got jobs right away. They weren't an Andy Reid shadow. They right. ran the same offense. They did the same things. They got the job. Now... I think what it is is what happens to other coaches, which is you're not the hot name anymore. Like Byron Leftwich got, he lost his job. I think what happened with Eric Bieniemy is typically in the NFL, is you got like a two, two, three year window where you're the hot name, people want you, you get a million interviews, and you usually land a job. But if you don't, then you end up getting stuck. So people, no way anybody knows this outside of this, but for two years in a row, Dave Toub who is the Chiefs special teams coordinator, a name nobody knows, he got NFL head coaching interviews. People were taking him seriously the same way they did Joe Judge, Mm. but then his name cooled off and people stopped interviewing him. I think that's probably what happened with BNME now. To me, it's unfortunate. He absolutely should be head coach, but I also don't think he's going to be with the Chiefs next year. There was a serious conversation at the end of last season about, does it make sense for you to stay in Kansas City? Could you grow somewhere else? And there are 10 offensive coordinator jobs open in the NFL. I feel like he's going to find a job, even if it's not a head coaching job like in Indy. He's going to find a job that challenges him in a different way, and it maybe I don't know, he makes some other quarterback look good and he gets the job, the way Kafka did with Daniel Jones. But I think he should have a job by now. I think it's
2: kind of silly he hasn't. Talking with Cody Tap, host of Cody and Gold on Six Ten Sports in Kansas City, and one last thing for me, Cody, at least is what is the vibe right now? I guess around town, how are Chiefs fans feeling in general heading into these playoffs? Uh, being the top seed, and uh, I guess maybe the Buffalo Bills getting a lot more attention than the Chiefs this off season already.
3: Yeah, so I think in the off season it bothered us more, but it was also like I thought it was fair. Like, they had made some huge additions. Now, you should treat the Chiefs like the best team in the NFL because that's what they are. The vibe around, like, I think it's, it's funny because, like, you get you get kind of uh, complacent. Yeah. We look at this game like tomorrow and we're like, all right, well that's a win. <laughs> we'll see in the AFC title game, whatever. I mean, they've hosted four straight AFC title games. Even if they have to go to Atlanta, they will have been in five straight AFC title games. We take the divisional round for granted. We're we like, whatever, it's fine. But I think people had changed. The similar I did. I thought going into the year, they traded Tyreek, and they're going to have to reorganize some things. But now I feel like they should win the Super Bowl. It doesn't mean it's going to work out that way, and there are certainly big question marks with this team, but I think no more than every other team in the AFC. To me, the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bengals are three equally great teams. I just give the Chiefs the edge because Patrick Mahomes – and I think they have the coaching advantage in Andy Reid. I think Andy Reid's better than McDermott and Zach Taylor. So that's where I end up like, I know that's Homerism, but that's where I start leaning towards the Chiefs getting there is everyone seems like they're kind of just the same amount of good. And I'll give the slight advantage to
2: Mahomes and Andy Reid. Appreciate the time. Cody Tapp, host of Cody and Gold on 610 Sports, Kansas City. Interested to see that matchup tomorrow, uh, one of those – spots in the NFL, Jeff, for me. Definitely Arrowhead Stadium on the bucket list of places I need to be.
4: Yeah. John Elway once asked the crowd to quiet down. <laughs>
2: Appreciate the time, Cody. Thank you. Of course. Thanks, guys. Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak coming back with more NFL playoff breakdown after the break here on WWL. Also, Jimmy, Sean, James, we'll get to your calls, too, as well, here on WWL Sports Talk, Friday edition. <sighs>
1: Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
7: First and goal. Sanders in motion. Hurts is back. He's going to run.
2: He comes to the five. Touchdown, Jalen Hurts.
1: This is just smart quarterback.
2: Well, that's going to be a big question for tomorrow's Eagles-Giants matchup. What kind of player will we see in Jalen Hurts back on Sports Talk here? Jeff Nowak, Steve Geller, and welcoming in... Uh, Mike Gill, the host of the Believe in Eagles podcast and host on ESPN Radio New Jersey. Mike, what is the latest with Hurts? How much of a factor is that injured shoulder going to be tomorrow?
5: Yeah, guys, it's a big question that many of us uh, don't really know the <laughs> answer to right now, right? We're at a situation where we'll find out early, I guess. I mean, are they going to go taking shots down the field. Are they going to run RPO? They didn't do it in week 18. He was not a part of the run game at all. Uh, You know, he threw 22 touchdown passes this year with an average air yards of 31 yards on those touchdowns. I mean, he took shots down the field. The Eagles beat you with big plays. They have two big play receivers. We'll find out because if the Giants blitz like they did 50% of the time against the Eagles in the two games, Uh, it did not go well for them when they blitzed against the Eagles. Uh, Jalen Hurts really had success against the blitz against the Giants in the two games. So if they blitz and he goes down the field, he'll be a-okay. And if they don't blitz and they run RPO and we see him running around, my feeling is this injury occurred over a month ago. He played in an NFL game two weeks ago. My feeling is is he's going to be as close to 100% as, as he can be. I, I don't think you'll see a limited version, but I guess we'll see it all happen tomorrow night. That's the great theater of these NFL games sometimes.
4: <laughs> yeah, so one of the things, we we interviewed I – I can't remember who it was. Uh, it's escaping me. An Eagles uh, podcaster before that game in Week 17. <laughs> and we, I asked him, you know, because at that point the Eagles were kind of on a skid and they didn't have Jalen Hurts and – you know, It was like, well, they haven't even locked up the division yet. They might not even get the top seed. And I asked him, I was like, is there any kind of lingering concern that maybe this team peaked too soon? Maybe they're not they're not hitting their stride. And he confidently said, no, there was no concern whatsoever. <laughs> no one's concerned. And then they lost to the Saints. And then it took, you know, they beat the Giants, but they beat the Giants back up by six points in a game they had to win. You know, is there any concern that, like, maybe this team peaked too soon? Because it really does feel, from an outsider's perspective, like this is a team that was playing its best football the last time it faced the Giants. And since then, you've seen a very average football team. Can you just flip that switch?
5: Well, there's a lot there. I mean, a lot of this coincides. They lost two games, no Jalen Hurts. They lost a game to Dallas. That was uh, Gardner Minshew, who played well in that game, but the defense did not play well. Uh, Part of the defense not playing well, Avante Maddox, and Chauncey Garner-Johnson, who happens to lead the league in interceptions, even though he missed six weeks. I've heard of that guy. (laughs) They both did not play in that game. Yes, you guys know him well. Thank you very (laughs) much. Uh, He leads the league in interceptions, and he did not play in that game. Uh, Maddox, when, when Maddox is on the field, they give up five and a half yards of pass. It's number two in the league. When he is off the field... They give up 8.3 yards. That is 30th in the league. Maddox is a huge part of this defense. He doesn't get the accolades because of Slay and Bradbury, and he's a slot guy. So their little funk coincided with those two guys going down and Hurts being out. But they have not been at full strength for quite some time. Can you flip the switch? Look, being healthy is certainly uh, much better than not. A lot of these guys have not played full games 100% in about a month. And we're about to find out whether all this rest will be useful. Uh, The Giants played last week. They did not play the week before. The Eagles had to play the week before. They did not play last week. (laughs) So, you know, that kind of feels like a wash a little bit. But um, it's hard to – really quantify if the Eagles are peaked at the right time because their downfall came with a lot of injuries. And the, the problem was the injuries ran into the end of the year, and now they had this break because, God forbid, they earned the number one seed and they didn't get to play last week. But it was at a weird time where, you know, you almost would have liked to see seen them have to play. Uh, but, look, they didn't. They're the number one seed. But, look, they beat this Giants team in Philadelphia – nine straight times. This has been the hammer and the nail series. I mean, they have hammered this team pretty much for the last five, six years. The Eagles have never lost a home divisional game uh, in Philadelphia, never. They're 5-0. and They're the best team. Them and the Bills have never lost. So, this is a, a spot. If you asked last week, Eagle fans, which team do you want to play? The Giants were an overwhelming <laughs> answer. So, the talent disparity between these two teams is is very big. But Brian Dayball is a very good coach and will have this team very well prepared. And we're about to see how much preparation and game plan closes the gap on the talent gap.
2: Yeah, you know, that guy we missed definitely. C.J. Gardner-Johnson around here, uh, obviously the t- the takeaways that he brings to the defense, but also just that overall swagger, that attitude. Has he been speaking up? I guess since he's back now, and uh, you know, has he been in rare playoff form with his with his trash talk?
5: During the season, yes, uh, he's only played one game in the last six weeks. Right. He played last week against uh, the Giants in a game that was kind of. You know, meh. Now, it's interesting with him. He is, yes, this is what I say about C.J. Garner-Johnson. He helps you win games. Mm -hmm. The guy who's replaced him, Reed Blankenship, he's solid. He doesn't
6: cost you games,
5: but he's not helping you win games. He just does what he's told. He makes solid plays. He's a run-stopping safety. Garner-Johnson, they're using him in the slot now. He played safety most of the year. I know in New Orleans he had played slot mostly. Yes. The Eagles played him at safety. With Maddox out, they're moving him to the slot more so the last week. So we'll see what kind of effect he has. He hasn't played slot here basically all year. He played last week, but that's it, or two weeks ago. So what kind of role will he have in the defense? I think you're going to see him play a lot of slot against Slayton. And then in the running situations, he may be more in the base defense You might see him go back to his safety spot here. But, you know, he has been a huge asset. Uh, The big question will be, will they sign him? I know that's why you guys got rid of him, uh, because they didn't think they could sign him. Well, he's been a huge factor on this defense. And will the Eagles bring him back? Eh, they They have a boatload of unrestricted free agents, 15 of them. This game is huge because of that.
2: Another guy that uh, obviously some of the local fans are interested here, uh, a lot tech running back Boston Scott, who's been there for a while now, hasn't had a ton of production, but he seems to be a New York Giants killer.
5: Guys, I have been on four Giant shows this week, and every one of them have asked me about Boston Scott. <laughs> they, awesome. they know it. Um, you know, I, I think in Louisiana, you guys can bet sports bet i'm not 100 percent yeah, sure, yeah we, can, we can everybody here last week bet or two weeks ago lost Scott scott anytime touchdown it is like clockwork against <laughs> the giants really now a is. lot of it yeah. has coincided with they've played the giants late in the year a couple times mostly you know, they're a division team, so you usually play them in the last two weeks of the year and something has been decided the eagles have clinched the giants are done Somebody's resting. He just happens to play the Giants a lot because of those circumstances. But there's no denying he has been. They're 6-2 in games. Boston Scott, he's got 10 touchdowns against this team. That's 10. Right. So, does he get one on Saturday night? It wouldn't shock me. But being a playoff game, I don't know how much he's in the game plan. But I'll tell you, uh, he – is a guy I always ask for more touches, more role. He has been an excellent fill-in and part-time guy, but I don't think they use him enough, quite frankly.
2: That's Mike Gill, the Believe in Eagles podcast. Always appreciate your time, Mike. Yeah, guys, no problem. Thanks, man. We're going to be checking in real quick on Jimmy in Gretna before we head to break. Jimmy, I know you've been hanging on for a bit. What do you want to say to us? Oh, we lost Jimmy. We lost Jimmy. We could get James instead. All right, James in New Orleans. We went from Jimmy to James. How's it going today, Friday on Sports Talk?
6: Yeah, guys, listen. Um, I've been a curmudgeon all season. Me too. I used to. But, uh, yeah, and it's just <laughs> because we suck, you know, I, I just can't I, can't, I can't wrap my head around the decisions that they make. And it, it used to be like, well,
4: wait. To be I'm clear, not, are we talking about, mean, about the Saints. Yeah, we talking
6: about the Saints. Yeah, okay. the Saints. Yeah, okay. the Saints. I'm sorry. Yeah, and they just—they just completely suck. I mean, like (laughs) every—I mean, but but the worst thing is, I mean, right now we're we're trying to shop Peyton, but if if he goes to there's no there's no amount of picks in the world to me, in my opinion, to to trade him to Carolina because he's going to sweep us, and then that's and and then that's going to be the signal because he's going to first of all, you guys didn't mention this, but I think he's going to pick up Harley as his GM. Okay? It's possible, he, he, yeah. and, and then he. Uh, we mentioned Jeff then, Ireland.
2: Yeah. yeah, we didn't say Harley. Yeah,
6: yeah, he's going to pick Harley up because you can get a pick with Harley and he did the whole black thing. But anyway, he, he's a savvy cap guy. He's a savvy cap guy. That's going to kill us. And w- what's worse about it is he's ten times a better coach than any coach we're going to have, Peyton or anybody else. I mean, uh, Allen or anybody else uh, these next couple of seasons. Why don't we just try to. You know, I mean, I'm a James Bond fan. Sean Connery was my guy. He said he'll never play James Bond again. And maybe two years later, guess what? He had the best Bond movie ever. Throw the money at him and make him come back. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't want him not to Marcus Davenport. I don't want him to pick Turner. What? But you he's know, the, the one who drafted those man? guys. Well, yeah, but we got W's. We're not getting <laughs> W's now. And it was worse. Was worse is. Allen is 15 and 38 overall yeah. what else do you need he's uh, it, the the uh the offense the state-like offense is averaging 20.2 points a game okay. never 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 since you know when he's when he first started he was doing better than this so but,
2: but Dennis Allen's defense I mean, is I mean, doing I, a heck of a job though I would say
6: yeah but that's bum Phillips I mean I mean I I'm, I'm probably older than you guys that's bum okay. Phillips days we came yeah. we, with we we just one you know, I mean, that's it's. It's. I, I love the Saints. I love the team. You know, I, I, I love this B. But hey, that I, I feel like they want to tank. I mean, you can't make somebody tell me what's the logic and 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 pulling out the same rug on that offense.
4: I don't know. Well, okay. Well, let's yeah. let, let's dive into this here. Okay, before we go to break, yeah. So I don't think you're going to get Sean Payton back. I mean, no. It's I don't pretty think clear they, Dennis is coming back. This I don't think season. they want Sean Payton back. To be fair, like like you don't bring that guy back, um, and I don't see it. But at the same time, I think you can you can improve. We, we can talk about fifty and 38 all we want, but okay, I want to talk about seven and ten, and I want to see an improvement on seven and ten. Right? I don't, you can't improve on the Raiders years; those are done. But you can not improve on seven and ten, and so that's what you're looking at next year.
2: Coming back with more Sports Talk, we got Jimmy and Sean on the line. want to hear from you on the Oakland Hard Jewelers Talk and Text Line, 504-260-1870. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. Hang it out Friday. Sports Talk, Jeff and Steve on WWO. Back on Sports Talk, Jeff Nowak, Steve Geller here wanting to talk to Jimmy and Gretna. Sorry there was a flag on us, Jimmy, on our end. We are back, though, with you. What you got to say on us this Friday?
7: Hey, man, hey, looking forward to the Pelicans game tonight. Glad Herb Jones is back. Not sure when Brandon Definitely Ingram will be back. Yeah, um, hey, I, look, I'm glad you guys are on. I thought Bobby might be on. I'm going to be at the UNO game tomorrow basketball playing uh, in Gentilly against his alma mater. I thought if if he's listening, come on out, man. Come grab a beer, Cajun Cannon. <laughs> um, you know, but hey, look, listen, as far as the Saints are concerned, okay, as fans, we want results, we want wins. Mm -hmm. Gail Benson, as a business person, Mickey Loomis and all the suits and everybody in their dresses and looking fancy, everybody in their suites and all that, they got to make a business decision that, okay, you know, Dennis Allen coming back, I'm cool with it. To me, I always got the impression Pete Carmichael really didn't want to be an offensive coordinator, you know, and now he's kind of been thrust into that. You know, uh, Gail Benson is a very loyal person. She she's not going to cut Dennis. She's not going to fire Dennis Allen after one year. I knew that much. But Pete Carmichael, guys who've been with Drew Brees and in the organization, Mickey Loomis, and all that. But this is the thing, guys. I'm taking an estimation here. If Andy Dalton's back mm-hmm. and we do status quo, Pete Carmichael, Dennis Allen, everybody's back. Jameis Winston's we assume he's gone, and Andy Dalton will be 35, going on 36 excuse me, on the back end of his career, is that really going to sell season tickets? Is that going to put butts in the seats? And, I mean, from her business perspective, I just – she's going to have to make a big splash, you know. And we don't have a quarterback whisperer like Kyle Shanahan, who literally made Nick Mullins, Southern Miss guy, look like – I know you love your Nick Mullins. And, and look, at, well, look at Brock Purdy. The guy's <laughs> the Mr. Relevant. Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers has – You know, he's a quarterback whisperer, right? I mean, he made Garoppolo look better than he really is, if you ask me, because of the scheme. And, you know, do we have that in-house? No, we have a defensive coordinator as the coach. And Pete Carmichael, who I'm not even sure really wants to be the offensive coordinator. Familiar? Yes. But is that going to sell tickets? So she's got to make a business decision. And, you know, we used to have a waiting list for season tickets and all that. But let's assume with subhub tickets being cheap now that that might change. And season tickets might be available. That's weird. She's going to have to land a big fish to put butts in the seats. I want to get your take on that. And I mean specifically at the quarterback position.
2: Well, that's something, yeah, we've talked about before too, Jimmy. And we are hoping, we, we would love to see the Saints in pursuit of a guy. Like Lamar Jackson, obviously, that would be a huge splash. Yeah, to me, it's Lamar Jackson. To me, that's, that's your the, sole target right that's, there.
4: That's the guy. I just did a whole podcast <laughs> trying to sell like the Saints on just like do it, go all in. I want Lamar. I think he fits. I think he makes a lot of sense with what the Saints have been doing on offense anyway. So, yeah, I agree. I think they need to do something at quarterback, and I think it's go after Lamar. I don't know what the Ravens are going to do with him, whether they're going to franchise him then try to trade him or whatever, but that's the guy in my opinion. Because I do agree. I don't think he are running back with Andy Dalton.
2: Talking more Saints, more Pelicans, more playoffs when we get back from the break. Chuck B. and Mid-City see you on the line waiting. We'll get right to you when we get back. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak here on Sports Talk on WWL. Happy Friday, everyone.